Hey, a very beautiful, beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's Bonnie with you until 2 o'clock, taking you through the midday. 63 degrees outside Broadcast House. And with us, joining us live on the line, as uh, so many of us, when we approach summer, some of us kind of go, ah, we're approaching summer. And we're looking for quick and easy ways to lose that weight and look a little bit slimmer, you know, bathing suit weather on the way. Joining us live on the line is someone who can explore uh, some of the latest treatments uh, and fads for weight loss. I call it fads, but we'll get to that. And we welcome live on the line from Stony Brook Southampton Hospital. He's director of the Stony Brook Bariatric and Metabolic Weight Loss Center, and he is Dr. Constantino Spaniolas. Hey, hey, good afternoon, Dr. Spaniolas. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's so nice to be able to talk with you. I, I was uh, saying earlier that we're going to get the skinny from you on uh, weight loss <laughs> and the latest. Um, let me just ask a, a little bit about your own background and how you, uh, you know, came to be, uh, you know, involved in bariatric medicine. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I'm the director for bariatric surgery for uh, uh, Stony Brook Medicine. Um, we perform surgery at Stony Brook Southampton Hospital, but Stony Brook University Hospital, and but we we have several offices throughout um, Suffolk County and any stand where we deal with exactly what you're bringing up today: um, obesity, obesity care. We, you know, going back to my background, I'm I'm a uh, surgeon with a focus on bariatric surgery, but I also do obesity medicine and, and uh, manage a lot of patients with um, obesity needs, uh, whether they need um, medical therapy or, or elsewhere. And our multidisciplinary program has several people, uh, surgeons, uh, dietitians, psychologists, etc., with the same goal to provide comprehensive obesity care. and. Um, kind of as suited to each uh, patient based on their individual needs and, and, and wants. Uh, obvious passion of yours? Do you have personal experience with some of these? Who hasn't? Who does not have personal experience with uh, dealing with, uh, with weight? Um, but uh, just like everyone else, you know, someone having um, um, a, a conscious effort to lose or maintaining their weight that's 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 part of life so uh, i would i would say in in training i witnessed a profound effect that weight loss can have in someone's uh, day-to-day life um, anything from being more active to walk on the beach or play with someone's grandkids these, these are kind of rewarding experiences that we see patients being able to achieve after a very long time and um, I wouldn't there's nothing more that I enjoy doing than uh, taking care of this patient population Mm. Well tell us uh, about uh, some of the statistics that if you might have some both locally and nationally uh, for obesity we hear you know how how profound that is and how even young children uh, are are uh, you know suffering from uh, more from obesity than it seems ever before is that true That is true so overall the statistics are that and we use different terms to describe kind of the magnitude and the effect of, uh, of excess weight. Um, there's this term called body mass index that, uh, although may not, it's not the end of be all, but we use that a lot for statistics, a lot for discussing um, among um, 
uh, doctors and discussing with insurance companies, but based on someone's body mass index, we have different categories of excess weight. Um, we know that across the U.S., um, almost a third of patients uh, uh, have o obesity or morbid obesity, so BMI of um, 30 and over or 35 and over. But when you add the overweight group in this category, so overweight being anyone with a BMI over uh, you know, 27 really and higher, we really have more close to 70% of the population having some excess weight. So um, issues related to excess weight are profoundly common. It's actually, it's, it's their rule more than the exception. Mm. And, and generally, I mean, this is this seems is it worldwide, Doctor Spaniolis, or is it? It's not That's unique right. to the U.S., right? No, no, it is not unique to the U.S. Um, um, the term the term um, obesity epidemic. It's hard to use the term epidemic now without uh, having other connotations. But right. we've been dealing with this term of obesity pandemic for uh, decades now, and it, it's across the world. The United States is definitely not uh, immune to this problem. We've had, um, as I mentioned, the statistics are pretty staggering. And the, the thing that you also discussed or brought up is uh, this issue kind of expanding to adolescents and pediatric populations. Um, in fact, the, the, rates, the rates of obesity are projected, they are, have been increasing for, for, many, for many years. Uh, they continue to go up, and projections suggest that the higher increase is going to be witnessed in patients between uh, under the age of 19. Wow. And what do you attribute that to? Uh, that is the million-dollar question, but <laughs> right, I, right. actually billion-dollar question, but I would say it, um, it, is, a, it is a complex uh, result of several factors. You know, we used to... Uh, humans were designed to go out there and hunt hunt for your food, but but we no longer do this. There is an abundance of calories all around us. Um, there's a lot of market interventions with companies pushing different products with uh, high calories. So there's definitely a um, economical and political side to things. But there's calories everywhere, and when you watch commercials, there's a lot about food and advertisements related to excess um, calories are, are everywhere and our life is now sedentary. We sit on a computer all day and we go home and find uh, easy calories and poor calories uh, all around us. So it's a complex, it's a complex phenomenon, but it's definitely not going away anytime soon. I wonder, uh, is the excess uh, uh, availability of calories causing the obesity, or is it, or is it, a lack of you know motivation or lack of movement causing it? It's just it's like a, it's a you know a chicken and egg kind of conversation. I, I picture like, so are you saying if the cavemen back in the day had enough calories around them to survive and and thrive, they didn't have to go out and hunt? Would they be obese as well? Would they have been obese as well? Most likely, but uh, you know, I would say the motivation. Everyone is motivated to lose weight. It's it's not, you know, there's this um, uh, obesity is a, is a World Health Organization established and um, 
established disease, just like hypertension, just like diabetes. Um, so it, it's not um, it, it's it's not a lifestyle. It's not a choice. Uh, it is a, a disease, and it's a it's a complex disease. Uh, now we have good we have good treatment options more now than what we did 30 years ago and 50 years ago. But um, it's a disease. Mm. That, that's incredible, and and uh, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned treatments, uh, because uh, we're talking with uh, Dr. Spagnolis, who is, among other things, director of the Stony Brook Bariatric and Metabolic Weight Loss Center, and we understand that you have uh, some uh, great weight loss services and treatments, we'll get to those, but what about these uh, crazes, if you will call them, uh, you know, fads and the new drugs. And I, I gather that this drug Ozempic, which I, I understood to be uh, for type 2 diabetes, is now being used for weight loss? Correct. And the, the new medications, um, Ozempic being one of them, but we had there's been There's been a series of new medications over the last maybe five, five to seven years that have shown more promise in managing obesity than ever before. And those medications are um, very valuable. I don't consider, the medications themselves, I do not consider a a fad at all. I think they have proven benefit um, in in helping us health patients with uh, weight-related issues. Uh, But the the fad is more of how social media have really pushed um, the use of these medications on everyone. And you're correct, Ozempic is a medication um, approved for diabetes, but part of its effect is uh, having weight loss, it's helping patients with weight loss. And I think it works very well both on the diabetes side of things, but it also works quite well in the weight loss side of things. but the situation that we have now with Elon Musk and everyone um, advertising or putting on social media their, their use of such medications is that we cannot take them out of their clinical context. And that's where it starts to get um, a bit hazy. How do you mean? So it's one thing if, um, let's say, I see a patient, we discuss their needs and, and their goals, or, we decide that um, Ozempic or something else could be useful as part of their multidisciplinary treatment of obesity involving nutritional counseling and maybe psychological counseling or lifestyle modification, etc. But it's another if someone um, goes on TikTok, sees several uh, individuals who are advertising uh, or, or promoting their self-use of medications or how they could have obtained with different means. And then we have social media driving treatment, which is, um, I guess, a new evolution in medicine altogether. Is it, is it like threatening in a way it's taking the place of a of, of physician's role, are you saying, in a way? I would say it's... Um, the medications on their own are not, you know, they don't fit. They don't fit everyone's mold, and there's risks with the medications, and someone needs to consider those risks when they mm. make decisions. Um, but I think 
we're running into a situation, and I'm sure you've seen this online, where um, Ozempic is nowhere to be found in pharmacies because so patients with diabetes are having a hard time getting access to Ozempic because it's being used um, for weight loss. With, and one can argue that, well, does everyone who's on Ozempic really need to be on Ozempic for weight loss? Mm. It's well, people are drawn to Ozempic specifically. Are is there a downside to taking it? Are people taking it because because there's no downside? You can simply take it and lose weight. There's downsides to all those medications, and it's not just Ozempic. It's Saxenda, Ozempic, Bigovi, Munjaro. All those medications are geared, or at least used in that capacity. Saxenda is FDA FDA approved for weight loss, but all these medications are used in similar capacity uh, off label. Um, the downsides are um, are there if you're losing so weight loss alone. If you're losing weight without having an appropriate um, diet to go with it. Some of this rapid weight loss may lead to more muscle wasting than what we want. Whenever, when someone wants to lose weight, they really want to lose excess fat. Um, now, when you lose weight, you also can and do lose some muscle mass. But if your nutrition is not appropriate, you're going to lose more muscle than what is intended, and that has a lot of downstream um, consequences especially for perhaps older adults. Um, but every medication has adverse events apart from this. Uh, and I'm not talking now about weight loss, I'm talking about the medications themselves. N- nausea, vomiting, mm-hmm. uh, gastrointestinal dysfunction, pancreatitis, uh, headaches, all those things could happen with medications. Uh, of any type, I would think, absolutely. And I think of um, another another big weight loss uh, phenomenon, and I think it was recently on Shark Tank. It's these keto gummies for weight loss. Right, right. And, and the, med- the adverse events that I mentioned, the side effects that I mentioned, are specific to these medications. Having n- nausea, um, uh, gastrointestinal discomfort, and... Uh, change in someone's bowel habits and headaches and, and sometimes vomiting and, and bloating. All those things are not uncommon with these medications. Uh, going back to the keto gummies, I mean, uh, diet, dietary changes that um, can help someone lose weight. We can be talking about different diets for days. Ultimately, uh, someone has to um, have a healthy balance of different nutrients and a high protein intake does help to maintain some of the m- muscle mass that I mentioned earlier during weight loss. But at the same time, um, not every diet fits the same patient the, the, the same way. So that's where people have to weigh the pluses and, and minuses. Dr. Spaniolis, uh, who is uh, director of Stony Brook Bariatric and Metabolic Weight Loss Center, he's also uh, a chief uh, medical uh, uh, chief of the Division of Bariatric for Gut and Advanced GI Surgery at Stony Brook Medicine. So he knows from which he, from what he is speaking. But I wonder, Dr. Spaniolis, what is driving us? It's like the keto gummy 
Grammys sold out like millions within, you know, hours. What drives us? Why are we so desperate? It doesn't even matter. And when I was younger, it didn't matter to me uh, what the effects were. I was just going to, I wanted to lose weight. That was it. It didn't matter. I took the pill, you know. So why are we so, why do you think we're so desperate? Um, the reality is losing weight and keeping it off is not easy. Everyone, everyone knows this. Trying, you know, we have all have tried to lose weight and, and losing a lot of weight and keeping it off is not easy. Um, and we do, you know, the society just does promote um, a, a, certain, a certain image where excess weight is not... Um, is not part of that, and that's that's inappropriate. You know, we're all humans a lot more than a, a few pounds more or less than what that image needs to fit. Um, but I think losing weight is not easy. And for several individuals, losing weight is of paramount importance, for, for most people is, because it's not just the weight, it's weight along with issues that can come with excess weight like high blood pressure and cholesterol problems and diabetes and joint pains and sleep apnea and fatty liver disease I, I can keep going on so as i mentioned earlier with the statistics weight related problems are exceedingly common and we really don't have a great way of saying um this is what we're going to do I and mean, you know lose weight and that's the end of that story. Even medication, medications, these new medications work better than previous medications uh, in terms of losing weight. But where do we go from there? What happens after someone loses 20 and 30 pounds of medications? What's next? Hmm. And that is what you explore, right, uh, at the uh, weight loss center? Right, right. And the, the, the uh, weight-related problems are long-term problems requiring long-term care and long-term solutions. And that's where, um, in, in, in the past and at present, uh, surgery for, for people who um, have a lot of extra weight, particularly in relation with medical conditions that I mentioned earlier, uh, can benefit in a long-lasting manner. But I don't want to downplay the importance of these new medications. We prescribe these a lot. We have several patients on these medications with great success, some with not that great success, but it all falls into a continuum of care. Similar, if someone has high blood pressure, you can, we can't expect that, oh yeah, there's this one medication, you're going to take this and your high blood pressure is going to go away and then you don't have to worry about it. It's all, as I mentioned, high blood pressure that obesity, all these are medical conditions requiring long-term care. It sounds like we're talking about a certain age group, though. It does vary with age, right? Oh, um, we, oh, obesity um, does not discriminate. We have patients anywhere from the age of 12 all the way to the age of 80 plus who are looking for help with weight loss and for different reasons. And all such age groups Sometimes medications can be helpful, sometimes surgery is helpful, sometimes nutritional counseling and lifestyle coaching alone. But um, for, better, for, for better or worse, obesity does not discriminate age groups. 
And you know, it's interesting because um, just a personal note. You know, I've been uh, just slightly overweight, uh, and my my doctor it just advises me, and at my age and and with the uh, lifestyle I lead, that that extra pounds, that fifteen twenty extra pounds, is is you know okay. It's not so bad. And yet, according to BMI, I'm considered obese. So it's like, sometimes I feel like they're mixed messages. You know. It's, uh, it's, it's tricky, and, and sometimes um, it's not just the weight. It's the weight tying into all these other medical issues that I mentioned earlier. And, and everyone has an individual goal based on what they want to get. And I, I see patients, who, you know, younger patients who say, well, I have so much extra weight, I, I um, cannot participate to my age-related activities that I need to participate in, whether it's sports or other activities at school or bullying falls into this. And we, we have this comprehensive program with nutritional counseling, psychological counseling to, to make sure that we provide correct care. On the other spectrum of age, I've had patients well over the age of 75 who say, I just want to lose 60, 70 pounds because that's going to allow me to play and interact with my grandkids better. Hmm. I mean, that's where, we, that's where we have to find what, does someone, what are you trying to get out of the weight loss and how do we get you there? It's interesting because I wanted to ask how folks do uh, come to you and select a plan that is right for them. Uh, and from your point of view, too, how do you choose what's right for each of the patients you see, you know? So I, yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a tricky question, um, and, and it's um, it's where the art of kind of medicine falls into falls into play. Um, the we every time I see someone, this is the question that I ask: What are we trying to get out of it? And I'm not choosing a treatment option for them. I'm just helping them guide. Uh, the, the selection based on options, anticipated effects, and risks with either with either approach. So and you wouldn't be you wouldn't be the person to say, "Here's what I advise." Looking at you and seeing your chart, you wouldn't be the one I to do that. I say no. I usually will start the conversation about saying, "What matters to you, and how do we get you there?" Mm. And if uh, and then oftentimes it's a combination treatment of. We'll, we'll start with this, and then we'll try something else. And then maybe, maybe that includes surgery. Maybe it includes medications, or medications and then surgery, or, or vice versa. So uh, many patients have their, own, have their own journey, but it all starts with what are your goals? So what are some of the programs and services that you offer at uh, the Bariatric and Metabolic Weight Loss Center? Everything, you know, the whole spectrum of obesity care in terms of nutritional counseling, um, um, psychological counseling, sometimes we'll help with meal replacement. Someone may want to um, go into a very low-calorie diet that's medically supervised for a few weeks um, as, as part of some other procedure that they need to have. Um, sir, we do... Pharmacotherapy, so all the medications that I mentioned and, and others, uh, we do surgery. We do second time or third time surgery. As a, as a university center, you can imagine that a lot of the complex cases uh, end up in our, in our center and we're, we're happy to, to, um, to help all these patients. Hmm. When, when does a patient require surgery? And are you talking about the surgery that 
that uh, you know cuts down or, or something to do with the I, I can't think of the name of it for the stomach that yeah. ties off There's the several, stomach right right so there are several procedures that we can do one's called the sleeve gastrectomy the other one gastric bypass or a duodenal switch and it's not who requires it um, it's going back to that original question surgery uh, traditionally has been uh, indicated for patients with this body mass index 35 and over uh, there's some new guidelines that suggest it can be used for even lower BMIs, like 30 and over, particularly if they have diabetes. Um, but it's all an individualized approach. So it seems like there are more surgery options out there. Hmm. There are, and those surgery options have been around for, for decades. Uh, so bariatric surgery started really in the 50s, but it kind of has formalized in what we do today from the mid-80s. So, you know, given all of this, um, Dr. Spaniolis, what's, what's the good news? Is there any? <laughs> we've, we've talked about all the challenges. Do you see any, any good signs from patients and from the work that you're doing? Um, any good signs? Yeah. In terms of the patients Positive, themselves? you know, any positive yeah. results? Yeah, I mean, that's or- that's the amazing part. Um, that's the amazing part. It's seeing the effect that all these things can have with with patients. Um, I mean, I recently saw a, a couple who they both they both had surgery. One of them was on medication before surgery, and um, they both said they just looked at me and said that was yesterday. They said thank you because we have a new life mm. and that was really rewarding or someone said the other day oh I was at my grandson's birthday and as everyone was singing I, I stood up to, to sing happy birthday and this was the, the first time that my grandson had seen me stand oh. um, wow. and, and then they said grandma, grandma your surgery was a success you now can walk I mean, for me as a physician, it really does not get better than that. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's great. And it sounds like that's, you know, if, if you will, kind of from an extreme point of view, and a lot of folks do face those challenges, what about folks, can they come to you if, if it's just a matter of, how do I adjust my lifestyle, diet and exercise? What do I do? Can you come help me with a plan to do that? Can it be as simple yes. as that? Yeah, it can be very uh, as simple as that. And we do nutritional counseling. Uh, we have a weight loss psychologist. Uh, everyone can help people in the right direction. Wow, the psychology of weight loss. Whoa, that's got to be quite a study, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to have someone who's like near dedicated to, dedicated to weight loss within Stony Brook. So really fortunate there. Um, this this is great. And how long does it often it most often take to see or feel results from these services? It's hard to say. I guess usually, it's individual. Usually right? within a couple of usually within three months, you, someone uh, and again it, things don't work for everyone. But we start somewhere. Usually within three months, someone starts to see uh, an effect if they're going to see one. And I've had patients on medication. Same thing. Usually within three months, you start to see 
great effect with medications or or, or no. Uh, and again, same thing, our patients who, with medications where they said I, I was able to w walk and um, see, see my son get married, like walk them down the aisle and uh, or, or avoid uh, joint surgery or at least make it make joint surgery a lot better. We see a lot of patients who need to lose weight before joint procedures and we employ a, a, a entire cohort of treatments, like I mentioned, just to help them get there. Dr. Spaniolis, how, overall, how many, approximately, how many patients are you seeing on a regular basis? Um, gosh, I think um, we have a large list of providers, including surgeons, medical weight loss um, specialists, uh, physician extenders, nutritionist, psychologist. I don't have the time for <laughs> who sees how many, but um, you know, especially now with all this publicity from from TikTok and and Instagram about these new medications, are are uh, I mean, our phones keep on ringing. I'll bet. Well, you know, I appreciate uh, you ringing us today and uh, spending some quality time with us about this topic so important. Dr. Constantino Spagnolis, uh, thank you, thank you for your time today. And uh, we wish you good health and, uh, and uh, hopefully we can talk again sometime soon. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, giving me the time. Thank you. Have, have a great summer, too. Here's the good health. You too. <laughs> Thanks. You too. And uh, that's Dr. Spaniolis, Stony Brook uh, Medicine. And again, if you would like more information, you can go online. It's uh, bariatrics.stonybrookmedicine.edu or uh, give them a call at 631 444 Seven, four, and they do have offices in Southampton. We thank Dr. Spaniolis uh, for spending some time with us. Giving us the skinny on weight loss.